0: Craft Beer Radio, episode 360, on December 6th, 2015.
1: And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, our revolutionary episode, because we're going around in a circle. 360.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't uh, plan ahead, we're not drinking the same no. beers we did on the first show or anything like Mm-mm. that. Because our circle's bigger.
1: We <laughs> have lots of
0: degrees. various circles. radians, and all kinds of stuff.
1: So what do you want to start with that we have tonight?
0: Uh, I don't know. Third base. Uh, let's do the Matt Rye
1: Okay, so this is from New Holland Brewing. Where do we get this from? This came from New Holland. This came from New Holland. Rye Hatter. This is a, this is a 2014 version that we have. The dr- Rye Hatter is draft only in 2015, but you still should be able to find it. 7% by Volume, a rye pale ale with uh, two munich carapils rye and crystal rye malts. Nugget Centennial and the Citra Hops with American Ale Yeast, 60 IBUs.
0: It's been around It's been in the fridge for a while So hopefully it's uh, still in good shape is a nice
1: It smelled barley whitish when I first
0: Ambery bronze color Yeah, it, I wouldn't be surprised if it's somewhat hop faded mm-hmm. Yeah, the malts really come are the big part of the aroma And it did smell Kind of like a sweeter bready I wasn't getting anything spicy Particularly Obviously rye on that first sniff
1: giving it a little bit of a warm, because these only came out of the fridge about half an hour ago. Mm
0: -hmm. Only half an hour ago. So, this says that it's reading about 51 degrees.
1: Mm. Okay, so I do think it's probably a little hot-fitted, but I think it works in its advantage, because the 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 rye spiciness is definitely there. Oh yeah, and the flavor is certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think the hot if, if this had a like big hot presence, it might hide that and a little bit of the crystal malt coming through too that that gives it uh, that lifts up that spiciness and and doesn't make it feel too like dirty, too earthy and woody.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And if you think of it as a pale ale and not an IPA, then there's still enough hopping in there. Oh, yeah. There's still enough hopping in it that it um, it works out well. It has definitely a more English character where the malt plays a much bigger role. And again, we're drinking an old bottle of this, right? So this isn't necessarily representative for everything. But I still think it's valid to taste. I think you know describing what we're tasting mm. on an older bottle of beer that's still in good shape will help people... When they encounter it, they might realize what they're coming across. When they encounter something similar, they might realize what they're coming across.
1: I think you can definitely get the rye here. If you're looking for uh, an example of rye where it's pretty well highlighted, at least in this bottle that we have, it is pretty well highlighted. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what does spicy mean? I mean, spicy can go a couple different ways. There's spicy in terms of capsaicin, in terms of, like, hot peppers. It's not that. There's spicy in terms of a sulfury bite, a little bit of horseradish-like thing. That is a little aspect of that, but it's not totally that. It's it's more of spicy in terms of a sharp point that drops off quickly in terms of a flavor profile that you're getting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's spicy grain, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, maybe there's something if you take it like such a small note but like think vinegar or something like that kind of spice right like that that sharpness you get there kind of like that i don't think it's a great analogy but it's closer than um yeah,
1: I mean the, the than, way i'm thinking it is usually flavors come in sort of gradients it, it there's a little bit of a of a curve as it goes up mm-hmm, and down whereas right. the spicy flavors what they do is they sort of you have these curves around it and you have these sudden spikes in certain bits of flavor that's what the spiciness is here
0: right. yeah and so vinegar is sour right i wasn't trying to talk sour yeah. at all but it just when i'm drinking this i'm kind of getting a note like there's just a touch of like something like the similar note that you get from malt vinegar or something like that uh for me it that seems like a better descriptor than than horseradish mm-hmm. but you know if probably the best example is just to try, you know, I mean, wheat has some spiciness to it, too. You can get some spicy notes from, you know, a certain way that wheat can be used in beer as well. Um, But, yeah, I do think this showcases rye pretty well right now in the current state, uh, more so than most rye beers you can get your hands on.
1: Which is fine because most rye beers use rye as a... They're not highlighting the rye so much. They're so using rye as a sort of secondary component to add some thing, flavor. Mm-hmm. But as as they say rye in it, doesn't mean they're going to really be highlighting the rye. This one clearly intends to be highlighting the rye, and it does a very good job of it.
0: I have a coworker who loves rye beers. She can't get enough of rye beers, and I find it kind of funny because not often do I find rye as a distinctive character in in, in a beer. You know, as the thing that stands out, the thing that you would seek out, but. Maybe for some reason, she's able to taste something that, that I miss.
1: I wanted to discuss this thing that we, we talked about this briefly in another show the FDA's new calorie count requirement. Mm-hmm. But I found a better link that goes into more details what the okay. FDA is actually asking for. And the the crazy link that we found that said, oh, it's going to hurt craft brewers is almost certainly not true.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, this is from brewerbound.com. They have how the new uh, FDA's new calorie count requirements impact breweries, and essentially the big message here: the FDA has explicitly said they don't require a lab analysis, so that whole six hundred dollar thing is not is out the window, Right. Uh, and a, a calculated estimate is fine. So, right. and and the chains that use standard values for items like beer, if it isn't available from the brewery, right. So they're not they're not even like requiring.
0: It's not as easy as just taking the beer line off of a table. Um, they do expect, I read the article, and it's a little fuzzy, I think, how they're actually going to, like, There has to be, they want better lines, but they're not sure where the better lines are, right? Yeah. You can't say your Imperial Stat has 130 calories per right. 12 ounces, you know? But you need to, I think i mentioned in there, or uh, it was one of the graphics, right? They mentioned that you can start with this and then kind of follow this formula per ABV. Right. You know, that kind of thing. And that'll get you close. You really don't have to go as close as residual sugars and things. I think if you do base beer formula multiplied by an ABV multiplier. I think that's probably... Yeah, be and really the answer. only
1: point where you'd want to get a lab test then is if you really feel like your calorie count is much less than that and you want to show that off.
0: Right. Uh, the Brewers Association, they had a quote from Paul Gatz in there. You know, he was... Their biggest thing is they don't want... You know, it's the same thing the Brewers Association is usually about. They don't want uh, their their members to have a harder time getting to market or finding a market and they're worried that Applebee's won't order craft beer because they might have to do extra legwork to get the ABV for it or something along those lines that's their main worry you know and and i i kind of actually i think my that's not a quote i think it's a little more negative the way paul puts it but i'm kind of seeing it in a more real in a light right where Because Applebee's doesn't need the lab analysis, but I think it does still have a valid point where, you know, if you're buying Shock Top, it's blah blah it's right there on the website. If you're buying Local Brewery Z, you're going to have to at least call them or email them and ask them for the ABV, you know? So there's still that hurdle. It's a tiny hurdle, but it might cause some uh, people, some beer buyers to go with the easy choice.
1: And at that point, I mean, like I said before, I don't think Applebee's is your primary market for mm-hmm, craft beer. Right. So, yeah, you're not going to Applebee's and expect to find a huge array of beers. If you do, if you go to Applebee's that, that has a manager who loves beer, and who once to get that out there, he's going to do the extra tiny step.
0: Right. And I'm using Applebee's as generic shorthand for all the franchise chain mm-hmm. restaurants. So. As am I. Yeah. Longhorn. All of them. So. Right. All right, that's all I really have to say on that subject, but good find about how you don't even have to really do a lab analysis. It makes things a lot easier.
1: All right, so what's next?
0: What's next? Well, this guy's a farmhouse imperial stout, so we're not going to do him just yet.
1: Great. So we have now a... We have two sort of sour pale ales, it seems.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, the next three beers are all from the beerists, so thanks, the beerists and John Rubio, for, for these. Let's do the prairie.
1: All right. Prairie Artisan and Ales presents Funky Gold Mosaic, which is a dry hop sour ale. Uh, so it's not quite a pale. The, the other one, uh, the spirit animal from Blue... Al is, they call it a sour pale ale. This is a dry hopped sour ale. But I expect them to come at sort of the same, just by looking at them, Mm -hmm. come at sort of the same, uh, from different angles, but they're coming at sort of the same conclusion. 7.5% alcohol volumes, 18 IBUs.
0: This beer pours a a cloudy gold, maybe straw color, has a very thick, one of those, um, bumpy, rough heads uh, that, you know, is covering the glass. It has two main things going on the aroma. It has Brett, it has Moses hops, you know. It, It has a very... So, a lot of Brett IPAs and other hoppy Brett beers, they do... The hops don't come across super bright. And since this one's dry hopped, I think it probably is able to maintain that bright aroma, you know, because I'm not used to smelling... This bright of an aroma in a bretted beer.
1: You can tell Brett from your lactobacillus and other stuff because Brett, well, it's an earthier character. It has a little bit of a. I mean, leathery is 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 putting too fine a point on it, I suppose. But it, yeah. it's it's there's definitely a, a earthy kind of mushroomy quality.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it can it can go a range of straw-like, woody, dusty. I mean, think of an old barn. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the things are in the old barn, except for, you know, not so much the animal waste part of it. You know, those can be some other off flavors. But uh, that old books, I would say, are some Mm -hmm. kind of Brett-type characters.
1: Um, Whereas Lactobacillus, you will tend to get things like... Uh, yogurt and cheese, yeah. right? Chariner I mean, cheese. lacto is
0: going to generally give you a pretty sour flavor, mm-hmm. right? Um, some of the pedios and things like that are going to give you some stuff in between, mm-hmm. right? When you get a you use pedio in a beer, it's going to give you some sourness, but also some things are closer to bread as well. Where I think lacto is pretty. I mean, look at a Berliner vice, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lactic fermentation, right? right. You do a, a kettle sour, that kind of thing. That's all lactic acid that's being created at that point. Um, so yeah, pretty distinctive from from Brett, and, and lacto is a bacteria. Versus, Brett, Brett's yeast. Yeah. Brett's just a uh, different species of yeast than beer yeast. It, uh, still considered still considered a wild yeast because it hasn't been um, propagated and curated for very long. Not the hundreds of years that beer yeast has been.
1: Well, there's Saccharomyces cerevesae, and there's Saccharomyces pistorius, which is... Pistorius is for lagers.
0: Right. Mm. Big citrus flavor. Again, unusual for a breaded IPA, because you expect the bread to really take over. Mm-hmm. And it's really... They're able to hold it back. They're keeping it in the harmony position mm-hmm. and second fiddle. And it's nice because... Well, it's nice for me because it's different. I can't think of a beer that I've had that's been implemented this way. Big citrus, juicy flavor.
1: The breath's giving it a, a really nice... In terms of, of the sourness, it, it's sort of the edge of your mouth and it's getting a little bit of a of um, light cherry sour or a, or a deep sort of strawberry sour.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of pineapple juice is the main flavor. You get this Mm -hmm. big acidic pineapple Mm -hmm. juice and pineapple flavor. And then the brett, I'm trying to figure out what the brett does that. Brett kind of pulls back on the reins a little bit and takes it. It's a pretty standard, it's kind of like a, a papery parchment type flavor.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: And, um. So it's kind of giving it a little bit of of that again, like you know, old books. Parchment is kind of where I think the breaths taking this one.
1: I agree with that, uh, and that's not a bad thing. It's just, it, but it, but it's a really good descriptor of, of just a little bit of because paper is you know it's a wood mm-hmm. product. There's just a little bit of a woodiness, but it's not like a deep yeah. oak. It's just uh, a little slight barkiness, a slight. Yeah, cider thickness. Good call.
0: It, I'm trying to get a picture. I mean, so the, it, it's pulling as I drink it. The that parchment flavor kind of is lessening, but it's not. I'm trying to figure out what it's turning into, and I'm having trouble putting words to it. So let me see. I'm I
1: getting I a little bit of grapefruit now, grapefruit and a little pith at the, at the end.
0: Okay. I mean, for me, it's still pretty big pineapple, but I can I can see a little bit of, of pith in there.
1: It's a nice beer. I like yeah,
0: it. it's, it's it, like I said. It, I've never had a bretted beer mm-hmm. implemented quite this way or anything like this way. So this is a refreshing change. This is the Prairie Artisan Ales yeah. Funky Gold Mosaic.
1: This is the kind of thing when I when I go to like a, a little microbrewery, you know, a little place that has you know one shop and, and that's all I do. They, mm-hmm. they have ten or fifteen different beers. I have a beer like this. I feel like I'm getting. I'm getting something Matt. I mean this is like it's it's an awesome just sort of take on, on some style that, that somebody came up with. It's really good.
0: It's a fun label too. It's um I I guess it's like a computer lab, but the computers are super old big boxes like say like seventy five, nineteen seventy five or so, <laughs> like era computers.
1: Yeah. The keyboards themselves look like TRS eighty keyboards or
0: Yeah, yeah. 75 to 82, somewhere in that range, is kind of what they're going after.
1: (laughs) Since they're separate, it's not
0: a pet. (laughs) Yeah. All right, i got a couple sips here. Thanks, John, that was a really good beer.
1: In terms of news, one bit of news that you put down was that Walliver's Organic Ales is now retiring their production.
0: Yeah, Wolvers 20 years. They've been making organic ales it started in 97. And uh, I mean that's that's a uh, achievement. Mm-hmm. I we had Wolvers early on in this show and we didn't really review them all that well. They were one of the main breweries that was organic but it seemed like Organic meant not as good. Kind of the opposite of the thought of organic, you know, in other realms. It, it
1: felt like for a lot of the Waller, especially the initial ones that we had...
0: They were handicapped.
1: Yeah, it was It was like they were... You you felt that it was a lot less full. The flavor was mm-hmm. coming across as more watered down.
0: Uh, as of late, uh, they were making different beers. They had a uh, Alta Garcia coffee porter that was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember having their IPA a couple of years ago, and that one had some decent flavor to it. So things came around, but it, it, I think it's more interesting in looking at. Okay, so it's Otter Creek Brewing. They had this label called Woolovers, organic stuff. Business decision, yeah. Kill the Woolovers and put out something else. So
1: I, I think that it, it, also it, it speaks to one of the things that we we've talked about sometimes that. Uh, Weierbacher always, always comes up with this example uh, that when we first started the show, the beers didn't quite live up to what we thought the potential were, and then they got better and better. The beer when we first started the show, the, when there were not four thousand breweries. This was not a uh, a practice that was easy to get into mm-hmm. and was easy to make uh, high quality, large scale beer operations work. That has changed considerably. Both the knowledge and the, the supply line, the capability. Right. Of oh, that. the materials are better. Yeah. I
0: mean, I'm sure the organic brewing material today is completely different from the organic brewing material available in mm-hmm. 19 or in, in 2005 or in 1997. Could you imagine starting <laughs> an organic brewery in 1997?
1: I can, but it doesn't sound like a lot of fun.
0: No, no. All right, so Blue Owl Brewing Spirit Animal Sour Pale Ale. Comes in a
1: can. Comes in a can. Um, so apparently, so I don't have much information on this, but they do say it's a sour mash, so I expect more lacto on this, uh, and dry hopping. Okay. 5.5% by volume, 35 IBUs. So dub, double the Ibu's on this guy. So, you
0: know, just from what we know so far, sour mash, sour pale ale, it might be like a Hobby Berliner or mm-hmm. like a Berliner, but without the wheat and with malt or something like that. So, I mean, that's kind of my preconception that I'm going to see when I smell and taste here.
1: Now, that we there was another Blue Al, blue Owl, which was also sour. And so it looks like they do at least a couple of <laughs> sours.
0: You yeah, Roman. This one's pretty interesting. Uh, it like, is they
1: did, everything they do is sour mash.
0: Oh, really? Well, actually, we're, de- we're dedicated to the craft of yeah, sour yeah, mash. Your right here on the top style. of the can it says "sour mashed Austin, Texas." So, yeah. huh? That's cool. We live in a world with four thousand four hundred and thirty seven breweries and one of them can do all sour mashes
1: was that paul that tweeted that or was it charlie who's who charlie tried to tweet the number and it's it's higher than the number of breweries before prohibition
0: yeah there's more breweries in or the peak number before prohibition Uh, so there's more breweries in america now than there ever has been and there's another like almost two thousand in planning So when I smell this, you get some tanginess, but one thing that stands out where it's not a Berliner Weiss is you get kind of a caramel maltiness in there. It has a malty backbone to it, and that's kind of what I was looking for or, or trying to find based on the label. The hops aren't as apparent on the nose. We just had a pretty hoppy one with the, the prairie. Yeah. Um when we get into the flavor, we'll see. But the the, the aroma, the, there might be some hops there, but they're not all that apparent. I'm
1: not getting much of a lacto uh, aroma from this, which I, which is sort of, I mean, if you're sour mashing, you don't normally get yeah, a huge they, amount of that.
0: So, I mean, almost every sour mash beer that we've had has been a Berliner Weiss yeah. or a Goza or something like that. And the aroma that you're equating with that is... Mostly wheat. Well, this one's not wheat, right? So, this one is kind of a brain transplant on that whole thing. If if I'm smelling the hops, it's kind of kind of like a Simcoe or something like that. A little bit dank. Oh, flavor's interesting. It does have that sig- signature lacto-sourness to it, where it has... Uh, Kind of like lemonade, but then a little bit more uh, milkiness to it, a little more fullness to it. And a little drying, Mm -hmm. too. Ooh, did you get that at the end? Kind of a a toffee, like sour toffee or something like that. It it was just a different character that kind of streaked in the middle of my tongue. And it was so different from things I've been used to that it kind of really stood out. Yeah, It was like a, a soured toffee.
1: Uh, I can't say I got that per se. Um, it does have crystal slash toffee qualities in the malt, but the sour is kind of dominating. Uh, it, there's less; it's less apparent. I mean, this feels fuller than a brother of Ice. Doesn't feel it maybe feels a little hoppy in terms of sort of a citrus quality to it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really feel like. A hop explosion. It's not. It's not an IPA, right? It's not. It's. It's still like a. It's a slightly more viscous, slightly more uh, heavy version of a, of Berliner a to me.
0: Okay, I mean, for you know, let me. I'm going to talk through this. It's. It's pretty interesting. So you drink it, you start off with the sour, but then as the sour just starts fading, that blunderbass type sour, you realize that there's this more crystal, more caramel type malt flavor in there. And it kind of comes back through and I'm getting like in, as I swallow right now as I talk, and as the the vapors are coming back up my throat, I'm getting the the vapors, I'm getting really interesting flavors that you just normally don't get. And I'm going to try to put some words to these, but Mm. sourdough bread for sure Mm -hmm. like a good sourdough oh yeah you know but but not just like the lacto part of it you're actually getting much more fuller full bread profile than you would from just a blender vice almost uh that's weird capers are kind of popping to mind
1: i wouldn't say you're off there's a because capers have that uh you know it's a fermented sort of citric acid mm-hmm. it's a, it's mm-hmm. an it's an acidic thing or tangy, i don't know if it's yeah. citric is tangy right
0: it's a little more early but yeah like probably about 4 seconds in i kind of get this capery type thing mm-hmm. this would probably go well with salmon <laughs> probably this is neat mm-hmm. i like this one
1: it's cool. It, it, it's I, I do like the idea of of taking a brewery and just making everything sour, um, you know, taking your standards and uh, instead of just making a yet another pale ale and yet another imperial stout, mm-hmm. uh, they have a, they have a, a, a sour red. Okay. I mean, that,
0: we have a couple more, I think, from yeah. these guys. So we'll definitely be.
1: They explain what they do. They. They uh, After the main mash, they co- they collect the wort and inoculate it with the bacteria and wild yeast on grain husks. Then they seal the wort and use some specialized techniques. I'm, I'm doing mm-hmm. uh, scare quotes, but they don't actually put They just say, they control the wild jamboree with specialized techniques, but that seems a little too marketing for me. Um... Then you get lactic acid from the lactobacillus and low levels of other acids and flavor compounds, and they boil, hop, and carefully ferment the wort. Uh, and that's where they get their final beer. That's the Sour Mash. We do the mash. We do the, the sour, sour mash. mash. So, um, you know what, uh, what time of year it is. It's the holiday shopping season. So when do you want to
0: shop? When you want to shop, you know, you only got, like, 14 shopping days left or something like that. Like, Christmas is almost here. And if you're an Amazon Prime customer, you know that Prime stuff comes right quick. I mean, they deliver stuff, like... It's weird. We're getting stuff from the post office that comes from... Like, FedEx, Like instead of coming to our house, drops it off at the post office, and the post office brings it here.
1: Yeah, there's a, that's... New uh, service, the yeah.
0: post office must be... Like, the, the post office it's is... been around le- for a year, but it's... They're it's- legally bound to go to every house every day. FedEx is like, well, why don't I just give it to you? So, we got stuff showing up. You can have stuff show up at your house, but when you shop on Amazon, you want to go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And when you do that, it costs you not a penny more, Our referral gets thrown in there. So it's like, you know, Amazon treats it as these guys would have not have shopped at Amazon unless Craft Beer Radio sent them here. So we're going to give Craft Your Radio some kickbacks. Works for me. And uh, so when you do your Amazon shopping, just pretend you weren't going to go there otherwise and use our link. And uh, shop, shop, shop. Drop, Craft drop, drop. drop. radio.com Radio dot com slash Amazon. That's all you got. Doot, 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 doot. Thanks everyone who has used it. We've had a pretty good shopping season so far, but let's 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 run across that line at full speed.
1: All right. So our final um, non-special beer of the night because we had we, we well, do, these are all kind of special. yeah they're special, but I mean we we have a special series going.
0: Yes. So uh, another beer that I brought back from Austin, courtesy of the Beerus and John Rubio, is Black Metal from Jester King Brewing.
1: Whoa, black metal. am a lamb. We've yes. had black metal before. We've had a couple of Jester King before. I, one of my favorite beers of all time is probably Jester King, the La Petite Prince. Three percent which was so, beer, so yeah. much flavor.
0: Yeah, I'd love to try La Petite, La Petite Prince, but that's the beer that one of the beers that they're also doing in the green bottles. Because the yeah. Well No, maybe Maybe I'm wrong. So, that remember that whole thing? Jester King, they kind of started putting some of their beers in green bottles. Not mm-hmm. not the whole line of the beer, but you can get like the beer in two different, green right, and brown. Yeah, yeah. And the reason they're doing this is because, uh, I forget the the brewer, Jester King's name, but they feel that Saison DuPont and the other green bottle Belgian Saison breweries uh, have something going on there where a minuscule amount of skunking is good for the style of beer. I'm very skeptical. Yes, I would need a double blind, controlled everything to to prove me wrong, because uh, we're so humans are so sensitive to skunking, you know, a couple parts per billion. That um, I just uh, I, I don't know if I can buy that, but you know, at some point, if I ever get the opportunity to do a double blind taste test of green versus not green in a triangle-type test or something. I would love to do it.
1: So the Black Metal Imperial Stout... 10% 10% occupy volume 60 IBUs. The malts would use Maris Otter, Caramel, Extra Dark Crystal, Brown Malt, Black Malt, Roasted Barley. Hops would use Magnum East Kent Goldings. They use filtered hill country well water and harvested rain water, dry English ale yeast, and black metal music played to beer during fermentation. <laughs> not sure how much that helps. I am getting a bit of um, acetone or sort of band aidy kind of aroma coming off of it.
0: I'm not getting that. I I'm, mean... I'm, I'm here yeah, we can smell each other's glasses i'm getting i'm getting a saturated you know dark malt okay. and and some some alcoholiness but i'm not getting anything that smells fusel i'm not getting anything that smells band aid or acetony i can see where it is similar yeah but it doesn't have an extra burny it doesn't have an extra. Yeah,
1: it's, it's it's bordering on, I guess, those things, and so that doesn't mean it's going to be there or that it's bad. It just means that I'm watching out for, mm-hmm. it, looking out for yeah. for that.
0: I mean, generally, you know, I get one whiff. like I crack the cap, yeah. and I can tell. And uh, this one is in the ballpark. It, it's, but I think it's it, it's convergent evolution, right? Yes, it's, it's different it's, elements getting you towards the same awfulness, and I don't think it's going to be that awfulness because it's not It's not that. It's It's not acetone. It's
1: just things that have a little bit of of, of a similar aroma, and so Mm -hmm. they're they're hitting the same nerves, but that doesn't mean, they're evoking the same memories in the brain, but it doesn't mean they're actually the same smell or taste. Yeah, because now it's starting to turn into a little bit of wintergreen.
0: Yeah, I, I just... Or sassafras. Kind of... Sassafras, okay. I, I wasn't really on the wintergreen. I could probably get behind a sassafras a little bit. Got in there, really stuck my nose in the glass, covered it up, breathed really slowly, and the booziness just really hit me. It not it doesn't taste like drinking neat... or smell like neat whiskey, per se, but it's a lot of the way there. There's... What's the ABV on this guy? Ten. Okay. It's, well, it says Circa Ten, so somewhere around 10. There. it's Circa it's, it's boozy for ten, um... You know, I would say, you know, other beers with this kind of aroma would be in the, you know, 13-14% range. A pretty nice body. Um, kind of milky, full. It gives you kind of a chocolate milk or yoohoo type character up front. And then it gets a little more ashy and, and sooty, or, um you know, charcoal or something like that, a little roasty. Mm. Um doesn't get too far on that, but it does sit on the front tip of your tongue. Back to kind of quick type, you know, Hershey's syrup, you know, and get a little bit of that. It has I a would, very has a very milk stout, milky type character to me.
1: I'm gonna have to kinda of completely disagree with you, I guess. Um I'm hit with these big root beerish things okay. up front, sassafras, and then it does get really ashy, really charcoaly for me. Uh, very stringent. And it leaves behind a very deep um, burnt French toast kind of flavor.
0: Hmm. You want to blend our glasses? Sure. It almost sounds like we have some stratification going on, and and I got the good part of the glass, and Greg got the bad part.
1: That's calmed down considerably. Okay. Um, the the ashy notes are still there, but they're not right. really highlighted like they were.
0: They get more milky, or yuhu for yes, you? Yes, okay.
1: yes, considerably more milky. A little bit, definitely. Um, yeah, that. that Slightly velvety mouthfeel mm-hmm. that was not there before. Okay,
0: know, yeah, it's funny mine hasn't changed all that much, mm-hmm. but you know I gave you a little bit that really changed your sample a it's, lot.
1: It's very interesting. Uh, it, it's it's also the kind of thing that if you know if I were in the bar having it, I probably wouldn't have minded that much. It was, it's mm-hmm. it's the kind of thing that really only sure. comes out when you're doing this kind of analysis. Well, we had
0: our Christmas party on Friday night, and one of the beers that I had picked out for the the bar was um, Sierra Nevada Celebration. Very good hoppy beer. That'll be the IPA that I put on. It's holiday beer. It kind of goes with the theme. So they reformulated it this year. And I had it first, so like my palate wasn't wrecked with anything. And it just tasted like a mess. Really? It had this weird lager twang thing in it. It had kind of dank wet hop type flavor. As I drank through the twelve ounces, I kind of got a little used to it. But that first couple sips were shocking, and I think we need to get a, get some for the show because I, I do want to drink it again in in CBR mode instead of yeah. you know Christmas party mode.
1: All right, well, I don't have a no problem with that. No, no, I'm just saying <laughs> I was,
0: but I from from my knowledge, celebrations like always been the same basic beer for years. I don't know when they reformulated it. I don't know if this is the first year or what, but um, really not what I was looking for. Not what I was expecting.
1: Release the lawyers, says this news thing that you posted. West Coast Brewers Uh, sue over AB, InBev, SAB, Miller merger.
0: Yeah. Yep, a bunch of Oregon Oregon Brewers, a couple California. One Washington brewer is uh, suing. I don't know. I just posted the link Mm because... I don't have anything to say about it, really. <laughs> Just, uh...
1: I mean, the the main contention, from what I understand, is a distribution argument that making the uh, the top brewer essentially have um, a monopoly over the distribution makes it harder for for people to to challenge it. And, and I say it's a good argument. It's one of the reasons why I don't think the uh, merger will ultimately be approved Mm -hmm. but
0: we'll see yeah that's part of the business i have almost no experience in so i I really can't have an opinion about how much these guys and their distribution muscle plays into getting shelf space and or all the other elements of it Mm -hmm. so i'll just kind of stay mum. i I thought maybe there was something in here that caught my attention, why I posted it, but I don't remember what it was, and I really can't waste the time mm. trying to find it right now.
1: Alright, I'm trying to see if so there's any trick- other stuff that we have.
0: Drinking the black metal from Jester King. I really like that um, creamy, velvety kind of milk stout. Or more like, more like I said, I keep saying Yoohoo, but it really reminds me of that kind of the milkiness, the creaminess, the chocolatey. Um. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I can see it. I mean, I, I see what you're saying that has that that viscosity and that mouthfeel mm-hmm. um, and the slight chocolatey notes. Because the weird th- thing about Yoohoo is it's not Hershey's chocolate milk, it's some other kind of mm-hmm. yeah. chocolate like thing that's not chocolate. Right. Uh and this is not chocolate, it's chocolate like. It has various different roasty flavors. So you can you can approach chocolate without actually being chocolate, and that's what sort of right. a Yuhu is mm-hmm. and that's sort of what this is.
0: Yep, yeah, I agree with you. Um I I have a vague recollection of this let's go back and listen to the old review. That'd be fun if we just stitch it in right now. Um uh, if I'm feeling ambitious, maybe I'll do that. I'll listen to it. If it's good, I will stitch it in right now. Uh, But I have a vague recollection of it being um, that astringent ashiness and almost all that. Mm. Uh, So I just mentioned that just kind of as a. If I do patch that in, you'll have this whole teaser foresight thing. So we'll see.
1: Well, let me grab our final beer from the fridge.
0: Okay, we are back with five golden rings.
1: That's right, it's Christmas time And that means That we are doing A list of the brewery's beers Well, we're doing some that we have Thanks to Super Listener Gary We are up to five
0: Golden Rings, the fifth
1: Of their series
0: Which came after Four Calling Birds Okay, so this one Is a Belgian-style golden ale Brewed with pineapple juice And spices They
1: put uh, cinnamon, allspice, and the ginger on with pineapple And it, this is the only golden ale in the bunch This is the only golden ale we're going to brew for
0: this process. Only 11.5% ABV A veritable lightweight when it comes to the brewery Christmas beers
1: Ooh. Hmm. I like that's, that smell Yeah,
0: that's uh. Spicing is still bright, which is... uh, Yeah. Let's cut the music down a little bit here. It's kind of distracting. Spicing is still bright. You know, some of those earlier ones we had... You know, this is only uh, three or four years old. I guess four years old now. Um, Some of the earlier ones were kind of faded, a little bit oxidized. Like the turtle one, really didn't carry any of the turtle-type characteristics to it. That's true. But this one...
1: It smells like a a sweet cake. It does uh, have that quality to it.
0: It kind of to me. It smells kind of like wassail or mulled wine okay. or something like that. You know, where you're,
1: I'm not a big, I'm not really, not really very aware of wassail, yeah. so I can't. So, like
0: it. wassail is beer and apple cider and cinnamon and mace and nutmeg and. I'm trying to remember what else I put into it the one time I made wassail, but um, it really has a lot of that spicing that reminds me of of it. I'll look it up here in a moment
1: yeah I'm just getting a very I'm just you know maybe I mean <laughs> I'm stuttering here.'m sorry to say what I'm trying to say. They gave me the idea of of a pineapple upside down cake in this information and I'm just mm-hmm. picturing a sort of glistening fresh cake. Well when, when I, I taste when this.
0: I tasted it, man, I wasn't smelling the pineapple, but it's in the flavor. It's in the flavor in spades.
1: It definitely is. It also has a, a real malty kick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's definitely a triple. It has that quality. The sweetness, though, has an extra bit of tang that you normally wouldn't get because of the juice itself. I think there's a bit of a citric acid component that you don't normally get in a, tri- a traditional triple. That along with a little bit of an extra, uh, an extra multi bit that doesn't feel as Belgiany. It feels more brown sugar.
0: Okay, so when I made, uh, wait, is this what I made? <laughs> I don't see the beer, so that's why I was curious. I might not, this might not be the one I made, but this wassail has. Come on, pop ups go away. The uh, six Fuji apples, brown sugar water, oh there it is, 72 ounces of ale, I used brown ale, it has a uh, Madeira wine, cloves, allspice, cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, and eggs. Eggs. Uncooked eggs? Yeah. It says eggs separated, I'd have to look in the recipe to see So well. just
1: the yolks? You're just introducing the fat... Why are you using the...
0: Uh, add the whites in a medium bowl using a hand whites. mixer okay. until steep, pit, steep pick. Uh, so you're you're making meringue. You're making a foam. Yeah, you're making a meringue. Uh, I'm not sure what you do with the yolks. I'll have to look more closely here. I think you're just using the whites.
1: Okay. All right. So you're using you're making a foam then to add this apples and other stuff in beer to give it a a stability to to have it kind of to really thicken it Mm -hmm. without making without using dairy Mm -hmm. I think is the key there so you're not introducing dairy which would probably hurt a beer significantly but you're giving something else to give it that thickness and that body
0: Mm -hmm. I think the pineapple juice you know so I'm. I don't want to say what the brewery was thinking, but to me, this beer tastes like trying to do something like wassail, but just doing apples in a beer, especially beer that's going to be aged and whatnot, probably didn't carry the right way. I think switching up the apple flavor for pineapple juice, where it's always going to be bright and acidic. Okay. I think that's a good call, I, you know, because the way this is hitting us today, sure, it's more pineapple than a wasa would be, but it carries a lot of flavors, and it also isn't this, you know, fermented, muted apple thing. Hmm. You know, I think it's a good call to put that in there. I think it works really well. I think you could drink this beer hot, and it would be pretty good. I've only had a few hot beers in my life uh unabrew's coca chose, which was a hot cherry beer it's like serve on ice or serve at you know serve at like hot cocoa temperatures you know kind of like a hot apple cider type thing and while sales typically served hot um I could see this one warmed up.
1: this could definitely work warmed up and has it it almost comes through as like a an apple cider
0: mm-hmm.
1: with a lot of that same spicing, so you could. Yeah, yeah. You could pick this up warm and and have it be very good. I don't know. I don't know what it would be like, but I would like to, I would like to try it.
0: But there is a we have the technology.
1: When I was thinking cakey, I was thinking about that structure. That well,
0: if you start thinking about pineapple upside down cake, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. and you go back to this beer, I mean, yeah, it's that. My favorite part of pineapple upside down cake is not necessarily the pineapples, but like all the gooey syrupy right. stuff that's at the bottom of the pan top of the cake you know i love that part and that flavors are definitely coming through in here
1: but i do feel like and it may be i feel like it's there but i also feel like i'm telling myself it's there and that's why it's there
0: no it's it's there
1: no this is this this texture that i'm talking about
0: no it's there i got you i'm with you and i wasn't even thinking about it but you didn't you didn't convince me it's there okay A kind of a syrup-soaked cake-type texture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's there.
1: Cool. <laughs> this is really Let good. Let anecdotal information that's, that's actually <laughs> This a, is
0: really good. This
1: is the best of the, the, the series by far. The
0: brewery Christmas series, yeah. Uh,
1: we haven't tried the, the other two, so we don't know yet what they've gotten onto, but... And it could be the other ones were great at one point, but they're not anymore. Mm-hmm. This one is exceptional. This is great. Yeah.
0: It's real good. You want to move on to some ranking?
1: Let's do the reckon.
0: Okay. From the bottom. Pretty hard. I enjoyed all the beers tonight. Um, Real hard. I think I'll put the Rye Hatter. At the bottom. Uh, Hard luck loser here. I mean, I actually wasn't... Greg picked the beers for tonight's show because I was busy installing the software. And I knew this beer had so much age on it that I probably was not going to pick it for anything other than a pre-show beer. Uh, But when he picked it, it wasn't enough reason to to veto it. But yeah, I think it kind of fell on... uh, It was really cool how it showcased the rye more so than almost any other beer that I've had. Uh, the age helped it showcase the rye. But I mean the that's not enough to have it stand up with the other flavors we were given tonight. In fourth place, it gets really hard at this point. Um hmm. I liked them all, man. I like the <laughs> So the next three like all the next three are tough. Um I think I'll put spirit in one-fourth place. Uh, I hate it. I hate saying that, but I think I'm going to put it there. Uh, I thought it was really fascinating. This is the Blue Owl Brewing Spirit Animal. Well, that sour pale ale. It gave me things I'd never had in a beer before. It gave me this Berliner Weiss-type character, but with caro maltiness, And it gave me that kind of sour toffee, right. which I thought was really fascinating. And then... And while it wasn't crazy hoppy, you know, the hops in there too kind of played an interesting role. In number three, I'm going to put the black metal. I really enjoyed that one too tonight. I thought the, how it was that very velvety, milky mouthfeel, kind of yoo like I thought really hit the spot. I'll put the prairie in second place. Uh, The way they use the mosaic and that kind of pineapple type flavor. I'm on a pineapple kick tonight, I guess. The pineapple type flavor in the mosaic, that that parchment for the bread It was just, I've had so many hoppy breaded beers and none of them have come across that way. So, you know, I have to give it credit and I really enjoy the flavors in it. The number one is going to be this five golden rings. It just is so good. And it, it just took me to so many places. Like it took me to Pineapple Upside Down Cake. It took me to Wasale. It it just took me to so many holiday things that did exactly what the beer was meant to do.
1: Cool. Okay, we repeat this a lot, but it's, it's important to repeat this when all the beers are good, which is that this ranking thing is a shtick. It's not meant to be. These are, de- these are definitively better than others. This, yeah. is, this we're is not calling out the worst yeah. beer. This is the way that we taste at things tonight. Sometimes there's a clear demarcation. That's not the case tonight, and that's not the case for some other nights. But this kind, yeah, this time, none of them were losers. This is just how it hit me. Number five, I'm going to put The Jester King. Um, part of me is being influenced by the fact that until we did the exchange, oh, right. I had a kind of a reaction to it. And I was smelling things I wasn't quite sure were there, but that was it. Just needed it had sure. it, it was bottle stratification. None of the others had that tonight. So, Jester King is a hard luck loser in that sense. I still felt the other ones had. I was more into. I'm going to agree with you. The Blue Al goes number four. I, I think that it was. I think it's just a really cool idea taking these beers and just souring them, and, and if they're good. Presenting them to the world. I'm sure they tried lots of recipes with this. And they found one that worked. Because I don't think you just sour mash a pale ale.
0: Well, that's it. I'd love to be able to talk to them at some point and just talk with them about, okay, so you want to take Beer Style X and sour mash it. Is there a formula? Do you modify the traditional recipe by a predictable amount you know, or to, it's just a wild experimentation? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's a good question. Number three, New Holland. I just sort of think that I liked it a lot. I liked how it was presenting its rye. I liked how it wasn't hiding it. Uh, I think it's obviously something that is not necessarily easy to get a 2014. You might be able to find it. But we do have a 2014 that we've had around for a while that helps us get something out of it based on what we, I think, remember from trying a similar, trying it, maybe not in a bottle, but at a bar somewhere at a, at a different time.
0: I am, I'm not sure. I, I just, I think that it was noteworthy tonight because of how clearly the rye showed up in it. And yeah. it's hard to get a beer where the rye showcases itself like that.
1: I agree with you. Good way to put it. Number two, Prairie Artisan. That was really good. It just... It, it had a kind of quality. Like I said, when I go to an amazing brewery and I get something... You know, it felt like when I was in Seattle with those breweries or when we were in... We went to Fort Collins and the first brewery we went to... Um, Funkworks. we Or just like you were just getting these amazing beers. Mm-hmm. The stuff that was awesome quality that wasn't necessarily like anything else out there. Well,
0: that, that's kind of the rep the Prairie has, yeah. so
1: so that's awesome uh, but my number one has to be the brewery because this is this is just an v- extraordinarily well done beer it
0: is um, really good thanks everyone for listening to Craft Beer Radio we really do appreciate it if you want to send us feedback hit us up on Twitter it's at Craft Beer Radio at Jeff Bear at CBR Greg if you want to email us we still do the email as well at beer at craftbeerradio.com and uh, like, give, us a,
1: give us a nice email, like a question. We we respond to this. those. Those yeah. are awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Questions we can answer in 140 characters. No, no, I'm, no, just, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. That, that, I'm teasing. Te-
1: if you want to email us about something interesting, we will definitely talk to you. I guarantee. You. I mean, if you just uh, if you're sending us uh, some spam, we are not going to. But if you,
0: just, if you have a cool question, we will definitely talk. Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Uh, thanks everyone again if you're doing Christmas shopping or other holiday shopping craftbeerradiocom slash amazon really helps out the show and we will see you again very soon